You're listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It's episode 117. We are now in the third week of May 2017. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. We're back after a patented week off to preview NXT TakeOver Chicago and WWE Backlash show, which takes place this weekend. Uh, we will not be previewing the WWE UK show, but that also debuts this weekend. And there's a WWE, WWE UK title match on the takeover. Uh, so we, we'll talk about that and uh, we'll preview backlash and maybe quick hits on Monday night raw this week, but uh, we'll start with NXT takeover uh, takeover from Chicago opens with Roderick strong versus Eric young. And uh, Liam, what are your thoughts on Roderick strong, Eric young? Uh, what will probably be the opener here? Uh, not many thoughts on the actual match. I do have to say, and I think anybody that's watched them or seen them online um, would agree, is the, the last couple of weeks there, those really great personality pieces on uh, on Roderick Strong, that kind of like HBO 24-7 style, uh, you know, follow him in through a day in his life, through, some, through training. He talks about his very troubled upbringing, um, and his time, you know, talks about being an ROH and uh, now he's, he's dad and he's uh, engaged to, I did not realize a, UF, a UFC fighter. I was not aware of that. I don't think she ever made it to UFC. She never made she it. Won. I don't think she ever fought in UFC. Okay. okay. One of Ronda Rousey's friends. That's what I, uh, that's what I got out of it. But um, Marina Shafir. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh they did a uh, just a great job, and I think we probably talked about it when when uh, Roderick debuted. Like they just he just kind of came out. Like they didn't try to build him up. And as good as he was, you know, as a wrestler, obviously as a performer, and I'm, I've never doubted that. But uh, just from a personality, and if you look at what's really gotten over in NXT over the last few years, the people like Sami Zayn and Bailey. Uh, you know, people that are there for a while and that have a really clearly defined character, and that's generally what you're going, what people are going to latch on to. So, as we've talked in the last few NXT specials about them being kind of stale and seeming like they're there's not quite that uh, connection with uh, with the current slate uh, of NXT wrestlers as there are. Uh, really like that that Roderick Strong thing, um, and I think that's probably. I don't know if it's November or if they can hold it off till next, you know, next year, but sometime somewhere down the line, they need to do a long build to, I think to Roderick strong beating uh, Bobby Roode for the title. Um, but yeah, really, yeah, really, really good job. And I wish we would see more stuff, uh, you know, trying to get over guys, personalities like that. Um, I think it's, I mean, obviously, if you do it all the time, then it, it doesn't uh, become effective. But, you know, once once every four shows or so, you just take like a, you know, an all access look at, you know, uh, at a different wrestler, you know, once a month or so. I think that could be really effective on the main roster and in NXT. 
Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne uh, for the WWE United Kingdom Championship. We mentioned uh, the UK show debuts on the network on Friday afternoon this week. Um, but the title will be defended on TakeOver this weekend. Um, are you looking forward to the UK show or are you looking forward to the Tyler Bate Pete Dunne match on the TakeOver? Um, I'm sure it'll be a really good match. I believe these, this was the final of the, the UK tournament a few months ago was uh, Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne. Uh, I don't know how much of the UK show I'm going to get to see just because I, there's, there's only so many hours in the week and only so much wrestling I want to fill those hours with. So, um, But I do like Tyler Bate uh, from what I've seen. I mean, he's been on XT a few times since the tournament. And um, and uh, I, re- I enjoyed the match he had with Jack Gallagher on XT television a couple of weeks ago. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll be a very good match. I'm, interested to see how the crowd reacts to them and kind of where the UK guys are on the, on the totem pole of NXT. The authors of pain defending the NXT tag championship against DIY in a ladder match. They do the, the gimmick matches pretty infrequently in NXT and it seems to mean more when they do them. Um, Take the revival out of this match and I'm less interested but uh, Johnny Gargano is one of my favorite guys in the world right now. Um, what are your thoughts on, uh, or what are you anticipating with this tag title match this weekend? Um, it's been a long time since there's been an NXT show where the tag title match wasn't the best match on the show. Um, so my thought is this should be the main event. Um, I know that's not really what they do. And they, you know the world champion goes on last. It's like an old school wrestling thing, but they have had the women main event before. And I think this tag title match is going to unquestionably it's probably the best match on either of the WWE shows this weekend, um, possibly by a wide margin. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm very much looking forward to this. Um, I don't know. You could the ladder match would allow if uh, DIY to beat the Authors of Pain without having to pin them. Um, but I would assume maybe this uh, it probably depends on what they want to do with DIY, if they have any kind of main roster plans for them or not. I mean, they should. Both both Raw and SmackDown, we talked about that um, last month during the Superstar Shakeup, how badly both shows need more tag teams. So I would love to see DIY on the main roster, but I also don't know if they if they have another team ready for the Office of Pain to wrestle. So we'll see. But yeah, I, I think this will be a really fantastic match. Asuka, now a full-fledged heel, will be defending her NXT Women's Championship against Ruby Riot and Nikki Cross, originally probably going to be uh, Ember Moon and Asuka in a singles rematch. But Ember Moon has a legit injury, and so Asuka will, will be defending in a three-way, she's going to lose the title eventually. Is it here, or does it go to Ember Moon whenever she's healthy? you got to wait. I mean, it would be so dumb to, to me at this point. Very similar to when they ended Gold. You know, it's obviously not the same level, but when Goldberg's streak ended and it was the BS million run-ins thing, it's like someone with a winning streak that long, their first loss should be used to build up the next big, you know, monster baby face who appears to be Ember Moon uh, is that girl. And so, yeah, I say you probably wait for SummerSlam weekend to do that. Um, so I would very much assume that, uh, that Oscar retains here. 
Um, also, I guess she's a heel, but I don't think anyone's let the NXT fans know that yet. Um, yeah. Probably because basically she's female Brock Lesnar and just murders everybody and leaves utter chaos in her wake whenever she whenever she enters the ring and uh, you know never loses. So weird, weird how people would get over and, and want to cheer that, I guess. Yeah. This business has passed us by. There's a larger conversation that we'll have at some point in the future about where the art form of wrestling is going, but the whole business has just passed me by. (laughs) (laughs) And the main event, uh, Bobby Roode defending the NXT title against Hideo Itami. I could see the Chicago crowd uh, going heel on Itami as he uh, tries to employ the go to sleep um, <laughs> in CM Punk's hometown, they booked they booked that match. I can't believe they booked that match in that town. Uh, guaranteed CM Punk chance in the main event here, um, and I think Rude retains. And uh, what do you think? Yeah, uh, like I said, especially because my idea is that they're eventually Rude drops it to uh, to Roderick Strong. But I think, yeah, I think it's it's probably. Um, it might be an all right match. Tommy's obviously had a rough go of things with all the injuries and um, you know, he came, he just came back and they pretty much immediately made him the top, top contender. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, he even, they had him put out a tweet about how I, you know, Chicago is the perfect city to hit my moves to go to sleep. So like, they're kind of like, feels to me like they're kind of egging it on a little bit. Like they know it's coming. So they're just going to, they're going to try to get, maybe they'll like have them do it really early in the match, try to get the fans to burn themselves out on it. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, Bobby Roode's already because of his music is pretty much a baby face anyway. So um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I hope it's good. I mean, they're both obviously very talented wrestlers, but yeah, I think the crowd could, could be probably the, a, a pretty big issue with, uh, with this match. I'm a little I'm a little concerned too from a match quality standpoint in that Bobby Roode is very good at getting a lot out of very little but I feel like Atami needs like he needs a really good showing here. So I I hope for Atami's sake that Bobby Roode has his working shoes on but I don't necessarily know what that looks like as Bobby Roode's pushing 40 here, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um that's tough because you know Tommy. While Tommy, Tommy was going to be their big Japanese star, and then while he was hurt, uh, they signed the most charismatic guy in the world, uh, who also happens to be Japanese, and Nakamura. And so he's kind of, uh, yeah, he's kind of in no man's land right now. So he's he's definitely looking. I think he has to look for some kind of identity because, um, I mean, I could see him ending up in the cruiserweights. Quite honestly. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but yeah, to me, if he, if he ever gets to the main roster, he's probably headed to the cruiserweights right now, if I had to guess. And then this backlash show on Sunday that my word, I can't believe some of these matches. I really can't believe some of these (laughs) matches. I can't believe that I'm going to be spending three hours on Sunday night or four hours on Sunday night watching this show. It's these SmackDown exclusive shows are pretty brutal sometimes. Um, there, There's a little bit of good stuff here, though. Uh, let's just go down match by match, if we have to. Uh, pre-show match, <laughs> Ty Dillinger versus Aiden English. Oh, my oh word. My. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pre, that's a pre-show match. 
I like Ty Dillinger. I'm a really big Ty Dillinger fan. That's like that's an opening match on like the Florida NXT house shows. Oh yeah, when they go to like the like the 200 seat like armory. Oh yeah, like, that's that wouldn't be that couldn't mean event that show like and that barely qualifies to be a a pre-show match on on SmackDown. But I mean, I I don't know. I yeah. People like Channing 10, so it'll be fine. But, yeah, that's... <laughs> like you said, the SmackDown shows can get a little rough. Luke Harper versus Eric Rowan is a singles match that's going to be happening on, happening on pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> I, give, I, I, I give up. I give up. <laughs> well, I mean, Eric Rowan's going to probably win, too. So, <sighs> I just assume, like, he's... Like, I don't know. He wears, like, a clown mask now. I don't know. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Sami Zayn versus Baron. Poor, poor Luke Harper, man. Like, like has there ever been, like, I mean, he's so, he's so big. And as much as they love tall, big dudes, he's so freaking talented. And they can't figure out what to do with him. Like, he kind of gets lost in the shuffle because they're so bad at booking, like, grade A talent that, like, He's like a solid like B plus guy, and they can't like. Plus, he's really tall. It's like it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, and if they don't like his look, like have him cut his hair and, and shave, and like they, I just can't believe they haven't figured out something for him. Like, why? Why is he getting a match with Eric Rowan, and like, why isn't he in like the Baron Corbin spot? Like, they're roughly the same height, and I think Harper has a better body. Uh, I, I, I trying to explain WWE logic these days. I, I can't, I can't do it for you. I think they they type they typecast they t- typecast Harper years ago, and I feel like once they see you a certain way, um, you know, I I don't know what you have to do. I guess you have to really diet and train and train and diet and out diet and out train and out train and out diet uh like a ginger. Uh, to, to change your to change change your standing there because I think that they see you at a certain level you're kind of at that level forever. Uh, Matt Hardy, uh, Christian, I guess they eventually <laughs> they eventually gave Christian a uh, world title run, but because his best uh, friend had almost <laughs> died. Yeah, <laughs> they immediately turned him. <laughs> immediately had Randy Orton beat. Yep. Oh man, I don't know. Uh, Sammy's and Baron Corbin are wrestling on this show. Sammy just never wins anymore. So I assume, especially after Randy Orton beat Baron Corbin clean on SmackDown this week, I just assume that uh, that uh, Corbin's going over here. What do you think? Yeah, probably. I mean, they've had Corbin beat Sammy up in like every angle. So maybe Sammy gets like a roll up or something, but yeah, I don't, I don't have any faith in them doing anything with, uh, you know, with Sammy Zayn or anybody. And it's, it's that whole thing we've talked about it before. It's they think, oh, we book, we book all our baby faces like Daniel Bryan. Cause Daniel Bryan got super over that way, and we, we, all, everybody that's smart knows why that's not true. But uh, you know, that's that's what they do. So yes, I, I would. I wouldn't be surprised if Sammy 
one value roll up or just lost clean. Either neither one would surprise me. The real main event of this show is Shinsuke Nakamura and Dolph Ziggler. I can't believe I just said that, but uh, I included Dolph in that sentence. But uh, Nakamura and Dolph, um, clearly Nakamura needs to win uh, strongly here, and I fully expect that, actually, because I think they're not screwing Nakamura up, even if they had had to brand him with a Vince McMahon uh, promotional tag. The artist known as Shinsuke Nakamura uh, will be uh, victorious over Dolph Ziggler on Sunday. I'm quite confident. Are you looking forward to Nakamura's in-ring main roster debut here? Yeah, I think it'll be fun. It's in, you know, Chicago will be excited and loud for him. And, you know, those type of environments always make for, for a fun match. I assume it'll just be a showcase. I do have to say, like, there's a couple weeks ago, they, they were doing, like, they did some angle where, they, uh, where him and Dolph were doing a brawl and they started doing like Dolph started doing like amateur wrestling and like Nakamura countered and like started hitting knees. And I was like, you know, if they really wanted to, and I wouldn't recommend it just because Dolph is such a geek. So uh, Nakamura should beat him in like three minutes. But if like, if they had built up Dolph for a little while before, before putting him with Nakamura and they could have had like a really unique, like worked MMA match, like maybe like a more athletic version of the, of the matches that Joe and Nakamura had. Uh, in NXT last year, like I think that could have been really cool, but uh, because of the way they book and because of what I expect that they want to do, it's probably just going to be uh, a short, uh, short showcase, which is also fun. The uh, welcoming committee will be wrestling Naomi, Charlotte Flair, oh. and Becky Lynch. Um, I don't know. I think the match I most want to see in WWE right now is Becky Lynch against James Ellsworth. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that says about uh, me or about their television, but um, who named this this heel stable here? Um, why is Charlotte a babyface without ever really officially turning? And is she just going to turn back? What are your thoughts on the women's match on Sunday, if you have any? Um... I don't. <laughs> uh, no, I'll. Uh, yeah, I guess the the fact. The funny thing about it being called the welcoming committee is that Tamina got to smack down approximately thirty seconds before Charlotte did. So <laughs> the idea of her being like, you know, welcome to the welcome to the new show, you know, is is pretty funny. Um, yeah, I think I think Charlotte's a babyface, but. I, I don't know. My thought was still they're gonna take they're gonna have one of those people, either Natalia or Carmella, are gonna beat Naomi for the title, and then one of them will lose it to Charlotte. Um, that's just my that's just my feeling. Again, I don't know how like long term people are gonna cheer Charlotte though. Um, it probably depends on who she's in the ring with. Uh, but I don't know. I. Like I'm not. I don't think I was ready or necessarily that we needed Charlotte to turn heel. And uh, it's just it's just weird. Like Naomi's the champion, and she seems like the fourth or fifth most important person in this match. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of. It just feels like they don't really know what they want to do with the title, so they're just putting all the women in one match until they figure out what they want to do seems like most of the SmackDown women segments are kind of like that. They just kind of, well, we don't, <laughs> we don't know what to do with them. So we'll just throw them in there. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like half the SmackDown title matches have been like like six woman matches, but whatever. It's yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm glad we had no thoughts on that, and we went like seven minutes talking about the women. <laughs> <laughs> trademark, uh, TWL trademark. <laughs> we have nothing to say. Let's talk for uh, ten minutes. Um. Another uh, candidate for main event of this show, Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles for the United States Championship. They're really starting, really hitting this face of America thing hard with Kevin Owens, and it seems pretty quick to take the title off of him here, and I expect a long program here, and I expect this to be worked like the first match of a long program, so maybe some kind of unsatisfying finish. Um, But I expect Owens to retain. What do you expect out of the U.S. title match on Sunday? Yeah, I think yeah, I think good not great is a fair expectation. Um I think yeah, they're probably going to wrestle a lot this year and uh that that just that just makes sense to me. Um my thing with like Owens is doing this basically doing the evil foreigner thing. Like one that's dumb because he's very good and he doesn't need that type of character. Um but it's too like uh you know, Jinder Mahal basically doing the same thing. Um, yeah. And then you have Rusev coming, uh, and he basically does that same character, but as a babyface. Um, <laughs> but it's like, so you have three guys that are all doing the speak a foreign language. I, you know, all of you Americans shut up while I speak in my language and look how great I am thing. Like, kind of all at once. And like, one cartoony 1980s heel is kind of enough. Um, we definitely don't need three on one show. Uh, the Usos will be defending the SmackDown tag titles against the Fashion Popo uh, of Tyler Breeze and Fandango. People love this Tyler Breeze and Fandango stuff, uh, these skits on SmackDown. I give them a solid B plus, but it's not like, oh, this is the best thing on WWE television to me. Uh, what are your thoughts here? And are the Usos still heels? I can't tell. Um, well, about uh, Brizongo, I I think they they're really really funny. Um, like I'm not, I I don't know if I would go so far as to say they're the best thing on television or anything, but there's like every week there's like at least two or three lines in those sketches they do that are just great and uh and i think those guys are really talented like that's the i mean that's the role they're gonna play they're just playing this probably for this month until the new day are ready to come and face the usos but uh yeah they're they've been very entertaining and i think smackdown has been really really boring and really really frustrating lately for the most part and they're like kind of a breath of fresh air just because like yeah they're also kind of you know goofs who were losers for months and months and months and then suddenly got a title shot but like at least they're good wrestlers and are entertaining um usos i love their promos i like i don't know if i should love them since they're supposed to be heels but uh, i mean those guys are just like i mean it looks like someone just like i'll uh i'll say i'll say it looks like they drink a lot of coffee um or some 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 kind of stimulant has entered their body recently before they come out um and they just cut these crazy. And again, it's like guys who talk differently than everybody else in the company 
seem to get a lot of attention. And it's one of those things, if you ever watch any of those documentaries where they talk about a guy like, and this is a weird, I'm not, I'm not comparing the Usos to Randy Savage or anything, but a lot of people talk about Randy Savage. One of the things that made him so great was his, his interviews were unique, the way he looked, his mannerisms, the way he talked was so different than anybody else. And that to me, like the Usos really stick out when, every, when a lot of people are doing, you know, kind of the basic, what is a WWE scripted promo in 2017. And those guys come out and they're shouting and they're making mean faces and they're, and they're saying, and they're dropping weird catchphrases and they're shouting and they're doing like, that just stands out to me as something really unique. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of the Usos, uh, whether, whether they're heels or not. So the WWE title match on this backlash show, Randy Orton versus Jinder Mahal for the title. The thing that struck me watching SmackDown this week was that the announcers had to keep reminding uh, me what the name of Jinder's finisher is. And I think it's called the Coloss, not the Colossus. I believe the Coloss. Uh, not sure what that means, but the thing that struck me, and I know we're beating a dead horse here. The guy is so not over that his finisher is not over and may have possibly just been given a name uh, the week on the go-home show uh, before he challenges for and probably wins the world championship. Um, uh, do you have any Randy uh, gender vitriol in you this week, or are you just hoping for a good match on Sunday? Oh, <laughs> a good match I don't think is in our future. Um, I mean, look, Randy Orton can work a crowd very well. Um, I think I don't think it's going to be like the worst match of the year. Actually, Randy had that two weeks ago at the House of Horrors thing. But, uh, like, I don't think it's going to be, like, terrible. But, like, yeah, like, everything that we've said for the last month, like, the guy's not over. You can't, despite their best intentions, and they have, I mean, every time Ginger's on TV, they have JBL doing such a freaking hard sell about how dangerous this guy is. This guy can beat anybody. And it's like, but we know we know that's not true because we watched the show for the last year, and he didn't beat anybody until three weeks ago. So I yeah I don't know like I just I hope he doesn't win. I kind of hope he does at this point. I kind of just I want to go so, full. So you're a nihilist, is what you're telling us. I guess that's what I'm saying. I guess, guess that's what I'm admitting to. Nothing matters. Nothing will ever matter. So let's just put the title on. Well, I mean, if you've invested, well, I don't want the last month of my life to, or six weeks of my life to have all been for nothing. And I feel like if you just build them up to then immediately knock them back down, what was the point of any of that? I, 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 no, I don't know. I can't, I can't. Let's just see it through. No, no, let's not. It's not too late to pop that Yui. That's fair. That's the Backlash show. That is Sunday. Um, very quickly before we get out of here, I want to touch on Monday Night Raw, and then I want to make it awkward. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe in that order. Uh, big picture. What did you think of Monday Night Raw on uh, this past week? Um, I only saw about the first half of the show, um, but I I liked most of what I saw. Um, Despite the finish, the the Balor and Roman match was awesome, I thought. Uh, I really liked the Miz and Dean Ambrose match, too. I thought it was very good. 
Um, so yeah, I thought there was, you know, probably more good than bad, which is not something you could say about Raw every week. Um, so yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it was, I was amused and somewhat horrified that like Jeff Hardy had to go wrestle Sheamus again, like two weeks after getting his tooth knocked out. But, um, I would I would I would have asked for Cesaro if they had to do a singles match, but I guess next week we'll get Matt and Cesaro. But um, yeah, other than that, I uh, I didn't think it was like the greatest show of all time, but I found it pretty inoffensive. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed it. a lot of good wrestling on the show. Dean Ambrose and Miz, I've seen them have a lot of bad matches. I thought they, I also thought yeah, they had a good match on Raw. Um, Seth and Bray Wyatt didn't really click for me. Uh, Seth's matches for the last several months haven't really clicked for me. Um, but uh, Roman and Finn, I thought was the best match on raw in a long time. Um, and possibly since the last Roman and Finn match. Possibly. Yeah. And I didn't think Finn was really hurt by losing. Um, maybe I just wanted to see that, <laughs> but um, I, I thought it was one of those instances where the winner got over and the loser still got over. Um, so I thought that that was great stuff. Yeah, Sasha Banks got pinned by Alicia Fox, but I'm just gonna pretend that didn't happen. Well, uh, I will just say, like, that's that the idea of getting the the loser over in theory is fine if you're like if you're gonna build up Finn Balor for like a championship match in like a year, that's that's fine. You know, he should probably lose. You know, because then you know, uh, you know, next year you can do a rematch with him and Roman. He can finally beat Roman to earn a championship match or whatever. Um, but like my thing is like, if he did that finish, Finn better not win that five way at the, the extreme role show. Like, cause if Finn Balor is about to go into a match with Brock Lesnar and he just lost clean for no apparent, like, I don't know why they booked the match is what I'm saying. Um, yeah, like I can't, again, I can't complain. I'm not necessarily complaining because I think like at this point, You've had Seth beat Joe a couple times already. Uh, it seems like they've kept him on the winning side more. Uh, so I think maybe Seth's the way to go short term, and maybe at the Royal Rumble or Survivor Series you can do Finn and you can do Finn and Brock if you really want to. Um, but yeah, so I'm not I I can't, I'm not mad because I don't know for sure that they're you know that they're that they are doing Finn and Brock anytime soon. So as long as they're not building, as long as they don't you know, pull a gender basically and have the guy who just coming off a loss, then go challenge for the world title. I'm, I'm fine with that match. Uh, I mean, you, if you want to argue, it doesn't really do anything for Roman Reigns. It's like, yeah, whatever. It was, it was a good wrestling match and we don't get that many, we don't get that many matches of that level of quality. So, you know, you can say the match was good. If you want to say the match was good, but I hated the finish, you're welcome to that opinion. Um, yeah, it was it was it was it was good. Like I don't I don't uh, I can't, I'm not angry yet. Now come you know come 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 talk to me after the extreme rules show and maybe I'll have a different opinion. But we'll see. Um, now uh, before we get out of here, um, just gonna make it awkward. I uh, boy, I saw I don't even remember who's in, uh, I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw one of the WWE people. Oh, no, there was like um. They took like this backstage photo, and there was like a a woman in the background. And I'm like, my lord, my lord, that's like the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my oh, no. life. And I thought, is that 
is that Char- is that Charlie Caruso, the backstage interviewer? And it was. And then, like, I uh, so then I clicked over to Charlie Caruso's Instagram, and like, oh, boy, uh, she does like videos where she's like, uh, uh, doesn't appear to be a a cyborg, and 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 looks uh really good. And then I see her on Raw, oh, and she has like. 12 pounds of television makeup on and uh, is a cyborg. And I'm like, what? what is happening? What happens when they put a television camera on Charlie Caruso? Uh, oh, man, I'm uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> look, uh, yeah, that's nothing new, though. I mean, there was a I don't I don't I don't know her name. There's there's a new interviewer on uh, on NXT a few weeks ago. And she was interviewing, let's say Drew McIntyre, and she like sm- she and when they threw to her, she was smiling. She introduced herself, said, "You know, hello, I'm blah blah blah, the new MXC interviewer, and I'm here to interview this person." Then she asked her question, and she was, you know, like was like nodding back and forth, and like seemed like she was actually interested in what the person she was interviewing had to say. And I was like, "Oh wow, this she could be really good." Uh, and then, like two weeks later, the same girl was on the show, and she's just like every other interviewer that they have. So it's very clear um, that they don't want their interviewers to show any kind of personality. Um, that's something, actually. I, I think if you've uh, Justin Roberts, I think his book just came out, and he mentioned that he was yelled at by Vince McMahon for giving like The Rock and John Cena and CM Punk level guys like bigger uh, announcements when they came out, like putting more into his announcements of them. Uh, you know, Vince accused him of trying to get himself over um, when mm-hmm. obviously what he's trying to do is get the wrestler over and point out, Hey, this guy is a big effing deal. You know, he's the main event. He's the reason we're here. So yes, I mean, everybody, you know, it's just, that's not what they want. And you see that in their commentators, you see it in their backstage interviewers. You see it in those, you know, you see a little bit of the personality in those panel shows that they do, like Talking Smack or like uh, they do the, I think Charlie's hosted some of those pre-shows and she, uh, for the Raw, when Raw has them sometimes. And she's, she's perfectly fine there. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Outside of Renee Young, who actually doesn't do much backstage interviewing anymore, perhaps because she has too much personality. Um. They don't. They, they they just don't want that, man. Um, I'm completely gonna ignore the weird stuff about how you were creeping on her Instagram. Um, but yeah, as far as like her personality and stuff, yeah, that's that's just not what they want. All right. Well. All right. Well, sorry about that. Had to. Let's <laughs> just move on. Had to, had to talk about it this week. Let's put that um, chapter behind us. Let's do that. Um, all right, we'll be back next week to talk about uh, all of these things, except fairly, which, for good reason, we should probably never talk about on this program again. Agreed. Um, that's all I got. You got anything else? Oh, let's let's get the hell out of here. All right. Till next time. I'm Ethan, and, I- and I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm Liam. And we'll be back next week with more stories from the wrestling life. Goodbye.
Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. All right, let's get in and out of here as quickly as possible. Uh huh. <laughs> Famous last words. I don't think I'll take a five minute break in the middle of this show to go to the bathroom, though. I think. Okay, that's cool. Um, I just watched a Norm McDonald stand up special. Oh, I watched that the other day. What did you think? Um, a solid B, B plus ish. What about you? Yeah, it's. All, I mean, it's all in the delivery. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, if you love Norm, I think you you love that no matter what. But he's um, operating. He's operating on a completely different plane than the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, re- I watched it. I think it's him and Larry King on wherever the hell Larry King has a show now. Yeah. Um, and uh, he mentioned something about like he thinks a a problem with stand up comedy now is that. Uh, specifically, he was talking with respect to Letterman because they were talking about like when he cried on a la- on his last show with Dave. Yeah. Um, and he mentioned like like a lot of stand up comedians would rather be seen as smart than funny now. Mm-hmm. Like they they care so much about like being clever that they no longer really craft their jokes particularly well or their style of comedy. They just want to seem smart. And I thought that was pretty poignant. So I, um, I, I like. Yeah, there's something to that. It reminds me of the article that I read today. I think even the New York Times about Jimmy Fallon and how he's, you know, his numbers have dipped or whatever since Trump, and it all started. The, the thesis, thesis of the article is the root of this was when he ruffled Donald Trump's hair when he was a guest on his show, and how he should have, you know, he, uh, um. Um, normalize this radical candidate and all this. It was like it's mm-hmm. Jimmy Fallon. It's yeah. Jimmy Fallon. What do you want him to do? Yeah, like I yeah, that was uh, I I remember at the time thinking like because everybody had like a think piece like the day after he was on the show and right. everyone's like oh this is you know he's letting America down. It's like he's he he plays ping pong like yeah. it's like I mean. Yeah, do do I wish that like he and Lauren Michaels and anyone and who you know when they had him on SNL and stuff, 
do I wish they, those people had the balls to just say, hey, we got like the biggest ratings of the last five years by putting him on the air. That's why we did it. Sure. Right. You could just say that, but they won't because that makes them look bad. But I mean, like everyone know, like everyone that's like has like a quarter of a brain knows why he was on those shows, and it's like what right? They're not gonna they're gonna have him on there, and I mean, there's certain guys like I mean, Letterman could get away with having him on a show and then just using him for target practice while he was there. But yeah, I mean, I mean that's not nor will it ever be, nor should it be Jimmy Fallon's thing. So yeah, I was like, yeah, he just he put him on because he knew a lot of people would watch. And he wants a lot of people to watch the show. Like it's, yeah. I don't know. I just like it's Jimmy Fallon ruffling his hair is so down the list of stuff. Yeah, it's just, and I don't know. I think people just, uh, yeah, this super, it's but super it's, dumb. And the idea that it would be the catalyst for like him losing, right? Uh, people seems pretty silly to me. Right. But that's the thing, too, is the comedy cannot just be comedy anymore. Like entertainment can't be. And right now, entertainment isn't entertainment and comedy isn't comedy. It's like everybody is a social activist now. It's like I am. Look, I'm I don't like the president, (laughs) but yeah, uh, when I go go to Twitter, I and I'm following, you know, uh Billy Eichner and Jimmy Kimmel, God bless them. I like their comedy. I am not going there to hear their opinions on <laughs> on healthcare. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, but they but do. they have to that that but they have to seem smart to to bring this full circle. They have to seem smart. So right. like I'm sure that the, I picked probably two bad examples. I picked two people that actually probably do really have principles and really do care about you know those those things but anyway <laughs> i think the grand the greater point stands yeah agree all right now let's talk about pro wrestling if if <laughs> i if i didn't have to work tomorrow i would like to have a larger conversation about the randy orton young buck stuff or randy orton indie wrestling stuff this week and about yeah. where about where wrestling as an art form is going um because I, I think that's a really interesting discussion uh, but unfortunately, we don't have time to have that discussion tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Say that maybe, uh, maybe if it's still a hot, I mean, it still will be an issue. We could maybe we could do that as one of the evergreen shows. Yeah, that sounds good. We are. I think we already promised on the first one. Well, who's to say that 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 one won't be the first one? Yeah, we can do that. We still do need to do a Lucha Underground one at some point, but yeah, that's true. Because we promised it on on the first first evergreen one we did. But, um, okay. Like, I don't want my gimmick to be that I'm Mick Foley creeping on the women, but like, that's just a completely innocent thought that I had. Like, th- this is a charming human being that, well, I guess I didn't have to put the stuff in there about her looks, but. Yeah, and that's this is part very of the char- thing about how you thought she was the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. Now, that's kind of what. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. But hey, you know, we live, we learn, smoke cigarettes, <laughs> and then we die. We don't smoke. <laughs> <laughs> you lie, you cheat, you smoke cigarettes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Tremendous. Oh. 
I try to keep on keeping on.